BC Coroner Service announced BC is on pace for the deadliest year in its unregulated toxic drug crisis with 198 deaths reported for the month of July alone. The Coroner Service says there have been at least 1,455 deaths in the first seven months of 2023, the most ever recorded. 56% of those deaths uh, occurred in the Vancouver Coastal Health and Fraser Health Authority, so Metro Vancouver region mostly. And the Coroner Service says that the Northern Health uh, region also continues to have the highest per capita toxic drug death rate. Now, to put that in context for you, BC is on pace to potentially exceed the 2,383 deaths recorded last year. And now in 2016, the province declared a public health emergency over the drug poisoning deaths. Uh, And since then, 12,739 people in this province have died from drug overdoses. Joining me now to talk about this issue is Eleanor Sterko. She's a BC United MLA for South Surrey and a Shadow Minister for Mental Health, Addiction, Recovery and Education. Eleanor, thank you for joining us. Jazz, thanks for having me. My apologies for the long introduction there, but I wanted to put all this into context in regards to what's happening now and since 2016. Uh, what are we doing wrong? I mean, we've, we've called this a, a public health emergency in 2016, as I said, but here we are probably headed towards the worst year on record in regards to British Columbians dying. What are we doing wrong? There's a number of things that are actually being done wrong, but I think... To put it into a very simplistic terms, when we're looking at a problem like our addiction absolute catastrophe that we have in British Columbia right now, we need to stop trying to eat the elephant bite by bite and start looking at the entire elephant and dealing with it all at once. So we can't just put one emphasis on one part of a treatment system or uh, funding one part of harm reduction or looking at housing first or looking at, you know, simply one piece of the puzzle at a time. We have to look at the whole animal and attack this as a, as a true recovery-oriented system of care that deals with people from the very onset of, you know, even dealing with prevention in the education system right through to aftercare once someone is back on their feet and um, recovered to the best of their ability. So, Right now, what we have is the piecemeal approach that's been taken time and again, and it's just not working. So in your mind, what one or two things, and you've talked about the whole system, and that I understand, but specifically, what are one or two things you think we should be implementing or uh, you know, increasing in budgeting that we need to do or do a lot better in to making sure this number heads in the, uh, the other direction? First and foremost, uh, recovery and treatment need to be free for all British Columbians. We need to remove the financial barriers, especially those that exist and exist to a great extent in the largest population that is actually succumbing to toxicity, and that's people who live in the middle class. Um, If you are a person who is on a form of income assistance, chances are you may qualify for free treatment and recovery services in BC already. If you're very wealthy, you can probably fund yourself. But the vast majority of British Columbians cannot afford the 30000 and upwards uh, treatment and recovery options that are available to them. And then the second thing, and this is actually related to today's toxicity death numbers, is the fact that right now the government of British Columbia is not providing the appropriate care to meet the needs, the complex needs of people who are suffering from some very severe issues here in British Columbia. So, for example, you probably... I know that Global did a news story talking about the 33% of individuals who succumb to drug toxicity who are living in circumstances like SROs, hotels, and other supportive, so-called supportive housing, I should say. 
Um, the reality is, is that we're not matching and marrying up people with appropriate services right now. There was a story just on Global Jazz that you remember where a guy succumbed to drug toxicity in, in a supportive housing, so-called supportive housing, and they didn't even find his remains for five days just last month. And this is just simply can't exist and continue to be this way and expect the numbers to improve. I mean, often, uh, you know, I've had Pierre Polyev on the show and he's talked about the, the model in Alberta. Is that what you're thinking of here? Just find the money and that maybe half a billion dollars, another billion dollars oh, to start building these treatment plants and then and offer them up for free or at least at a much lower rate than what, what what's being charged now. Absolutely. And first and foremost, one of but the most let me, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but do you think we have the money to do that? And I don't mean to be flippant here because we are losing people. British Columbians are dying, and I understand that. But it's still, you know, no government has, whether it be BC Liberals or BC United prior to 2017 or now and the NDP, the money isn't being spent on these things. And I don't know why, but they're not. I mean, part of this is, is, is about priorities, is it not? It's about political will, Jazz, and it's about having a courage of conviction to do the right thing for British Columbians. And the reality is is that taxpayers, of course, they want their money spent wisely. But the way that there are billions of dollars in our province being spent on options that are not working, on piecemeal solutions that have not reduced the number of toxicity deaths in BC, is a waste of taxpayer money. So we want to commit to putting together an actual whole-of-animal plan that will make a difference. And we're seeing that in Alberta, for example, and in other jurisdictions that are adopting a recovery-oriented system of care, that are putting recovery options into their public safety plans, that it is actually making a difference not only in improving the lives of people suffering from complex issues, but also helping address some of the crime that people are seeing. And so whether we have the money, the thing is, is that we need to make sure that we allocate the funds because on the back end, it's costing you way more to to pay for the after effects of doing a very poor job than the in, initial large investment is going to take to get us back on track. It's going to pay off in massive dividends down the road, not only in wellness, but in actual savings for the taxpayer. Now, I have Kennedy Stewart, former Mayor Kennedy Stewart, joining us at 5 o'clock to talk about his book, a new book, Decrim, uh, How We Decriminalize Drugs in British Columbia. Uh, do you think that was the right way to go? Uh, he certainly is an advocate for that. I know you said we can't look at look at this in a, in a peace bill way, and we've talked about municipalities already having to deal with issues of pu- public drug use in parks where they've had to bring in their own bylaws. But the issue itself, most professionals would say decriminalization of a small amount of hard drugs is the right thing to, go, to do. Would you agree with that, or do you think that was a mistake? I think that it's really hard for anyone to say whether or not decriminalization was the right thing to do, Jazz, because this government hasn't fulfilled its commitment to provide the metrics on how it's going. They haven't put up the publicly-facing dashboard. So how can anyone, including Kennedy Stewart or whoever it's going to be, say whether it's been a success or not. But what we do know is that our overdose rates have not declined. We are actually on track to have another deadly record set in our province. And the level of street disorder that communities are dealing with and the level of fear that people feel uh, in communities as a result of uh, open drug use and as a result of some of the disorder problems that we're having are just not sustainable for the province. So we certainly, you know, and and one of the things I haven't minced towards in saying this, we don't have decriminalization in British Columbia. We have a default legalization because there are no regulations. This government has failed at every opportunity to put safeguards in place, to prevent people from open drug use in front of the doorway of your building or your office 
or even at parks and playgrounds or beaches in British Columbia. Without any regulations, by default, it's legal. So, you know, this government is, is failing at its task. It hasn't met the mandates that were put in place by the federal government. There were caveats to us going forward with this with this trial. And so, you know, I think maybe it was a bit early for our, the former mayor of Vancouver to come out with this book because we don't know what the end of this experiment is going to be. But so far, I would say that the results don't look good. Eleanor, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Jazz.